Hello and welcome everybody to our Workflow Wednesday with the the big boss John Bach. Uh, yeah, so we're 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 trying out Restream. Uh, so I'm I'm trying I'm hoping that the the chat all comes together in one one big flow. Um, so far I haven't seen anything, but that's okay. We're only just like two or three minutes into this. Um, I think we're we're. Good though. So, um, welcome, John. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us uh, to talk about some programming. Absolutely. Programming for this one, which will be really fun. Yeah, uh, something, <laughs> ugh, something completely different. Um, because it, it's, I, I feel like that's a side of things that people either don't consider very often and and really don't get to see or or even hear about. Um, so, yeah, just kind of, I guess the standard introduction, who you are, what you do uh, in the context of your programming part. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, I mean, just first of all, to everyone who's already joined in, welcome. Um, this is like Houston said, this is all new to us uh, going back to live on like a bunch of platforms at the same time. So that's a lot of new uh, faces and, and people for us, people we haven't connected with in quite a while. Um, so welcome. And what we're doing here is we're talking about work that is actually happening out in the world with technology. And a lot of times we'll have on, um, you know, guests and uh, people that we know out there in the field. And sometimes we'll talk here internally about either hardware, software, or work that we're doing. So I'm uh, John Bach, uh, founder and president of Puget Systems. And uh, the reason why Houston's roped me in here today is uh, that I do a lot of the programming work for our company internally. And that's something that I've been doing about 20 years now. Um, I would love to not consider myself an expert in it. However, I'm being told that I'm an expert <laughs> in it. And um, so what we'll talk about today is really what that means. Like, what do we do? Um, what, what kind of challenges do we have? What do we have to work through? And really, with any small business or any technology-based business, there's a lot that has to go on behind the scenes to kind of make all the gears turn. And oh, as I've as I've seen a bunch of other, you know, small businesses in my in my years, it's amazing how many run on like Excel spreadsheets and Notepad, and uh, we like to think that uh, we can we can do a little bit better than that, and that's that's a lot of the work that I do day to day. Cool, wow, man, that's yeah. Um, I admit, I kind of I'm going to be perfectly and brutally honest here. I spaced out a little bit because I was looking at the chat. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, but uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on. I'm seeing it too. Yeah, which is really exciting. So that's I'm I'm glad it looks like it looks like people are from from all the different channels are are in there and chatting and everything. So everything is working out really well, and I'm super stoked for this. So um and, and definitely let us know in the chat if if you're having any issues. Like like we said, yeah. this is this is new to us. Um, and so if if there's anything we can improve on, like let us have it. So yeah, we, but, we want yeah. that feedback so that we can we can work on it. Yeah, that'd be that's yeah. Please do. Um, so I guess to start, um, just what kind of what kind of programming is it that you you do? Uh, I know a little bit because I hear I'm I'm inside the fence already. But like, give a little bit of an example of of just what it what it is that makes everything work. Yeah. Well, I'm probably not your normal programmer, and I'm probably I know I feel like I need to add all these asterisks. Like, don't listen to anything I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm a programmer who's who's been from 20 years of just having to do it and having to, to learn on the street and figure things out. And uh, so, boy, 20 years ago, I started on Cold Fusion, and that was okay. all the rage. Um, and I moved to this uh, this 
cheaper thing called PHP. Um, so our, our entire like web based backend is all built on PHP. Um, cool. so I'll, that's mostly what I'm programming in because a lot of our administrative interfaces, I'd say that like what you see on our public website is, I don't know, one thirtieth of, of our code. Um, wow. mo- almost everything that I work on is, is behind the scenes in our administrative interfaces where we've built up from the ground up, like a whole ERP system, um, an entire quoting system, a ticketing what, system. What's ERP? ERP. Uh, enter, uh, what does it even mean? <laughs> Enterprise resource planning? I don't even know. It's it's for uh, purchasing, inventory, sales oh, quoting, okay. um, yeah, all, all that type of stuff. Um, okay. And so we built up a actually really uh, extensive system. You've seen it, Houston, for everything. Like when we build our computers, the, the checkpoint process that we, oh, Enterprise Resource Protocol? I was way off. Okay, uh, um, close. You had two out of three, yeah. right? <laughs> But the, the whole process that we go through to make sure that we're delivering the product according to spec and, and you know, keeping track of where everything is, like that's all built in-house. And that's all built on PHP with the SQL backend. We use MySQL. Um, so I have to know kind of a little bit about everything when it comes to that stuff. So I, I write all of our SQL queries, um, output it in HTML. So you have to know HTML. You have to know CSS. Uh, we use the jQuery uh, framework for... Ooh all of our JavaScript uh, type work. And a few years back when uh, mobile became like everything needed to be mobile, uh, we moved to Twitter bootstrap as our, Mm. like our wrapper or our foundation for everything. And that's based on jQuery as well. Right. So anyhow, yeah, most of my stuff is, is web-based. And I don't know really what else I, what else I program. I mean, everything else after that is, is just smaller stuff here and there uh, like scripting or, uh, security system APIs, that type of thing. Yeah. Oh, neat. So that's cool. So uh, we do have a question from the chat. What's easier, uh, Cold Fusion or PHP? <laughs> I don't know. It was 20 years ago. Oh. Um, <laughs> I suppose at the time. <laughs> probably, well, I mean, I, if you're started today, don't don't go Cold Fusion, I, I would say, unless, <laughs> unless you want a real like niche uh, career. Uh, I would say PHP because uh, even back then PHP because it's just a bigger community base and so okay. you know when you are self-taught your teacher is Google and oh, sure. and you just need more people out there asking and answering questions to uh, yeah. to find that right I think I think any any programmer out there would uh, would definitely say that like fifty percent of their code comes from Stack Overflow right yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it's so, and it's always yeah. like it's always like the sixth answer on Stack Overflow because the first five don't work right. Right. Yeah. A lot of copy and paste and then figuring out why why does it work or not. So that's pretty cool. Um okay, so twenty years you've been doing it all by yourself. I know recently <laughs> right. recently we brought on um someone else and so I I wanna say it was a little over a year now. Um yep. So how did that go? First off, I guess what what prompted that? Like, what? Why did we need another person? And then yeah. how has that how has that changed and affected what you do? Yeah, well, I mean, so we've had we've had programmers on staff a few times in the past, but it was probably before your time here, Houston. Mm-hmm. But we've have had programmers here on staff, but they've always they've always come on in a more like project based way. Like one time, we were programming benchmarking in fact yeah that was the first programmer we had um his name was also john this was in 2000 there's there's so many johns i know there's too many johns (laughs) 
this was like 2003 or something. Um, and this was when we were building our benchmarking system. And uh, so we brought in somebody like just for that. And then it was basically a contract. Um, and then oh, once sure. that was up, then, then off he went. And so we've had a few people um, in here in the past like that. Uh, but this, this time uh, we had Ryan join us about a year ago. And this was very different. Uh, I'll give you the real transparent answer. It was uh, Wilson, who I've known for mm. half my life and who has been at Puget Systems for 18 years, uh, sat me down and looked me in the eye and said, John, hire a programmer. And, and I said, all right, all right. <laughs> because he saw, uh, you know, just how much it, it takes to, you know, do development for a, like, I think we're 46 people company now. Um, that's yeah, yeah. just a lot of development work when we're building all of our stuff in-house. I'm, I was spending, and I'm still spending, I don't know, probably on programming alone, still 34, 40 hours a week just on wow. that. And then wow. there's all the other company stuff on top of that. Um, so, you know, he said, okay, time to bring in help. And so now it's a little bit different. Now it's not like we, we brought in somebody for project work. It's now we're bringing in somebody to like take the wheel um, and, mm -hmm. and be more kind of the owner of all the efforts that we have going on. And having been programming this myself for 20 years, like that actually take quite a, a large amount of time for me to hand off like, 20 years of my crappy code off to the, <laughs> off to a real programmer. Sure. Um, and so, um, but it was, what's been really uh, beneficial to me has been, um, you know, he came in and now for the first time we have a development team. Now it was only two of us, but it's still, you know, there's all these kind of coordination efforts that uh, you have to handle when you have a team that you don't have to do when you're by yourself. And that's a whole layer of complexity, uh, but it's been really good for us because it's meant that like now, instead of just post-it notes all over the place, uh, we actually have, <laughs> Um, like a ticketing system and a organization system. And we, we do programming sprints where we organize um, how much we want to get done. And I can talk more about that later, I suppose. Um, and with that structure, though, now we have the ability to bring other people in from around the company. And so we have. We brought in um, some other people around the company that definitely don't do this full time. But mm -hmm. because we have the structure of being able to like assign out work, document what needs to be done, commit the code back, review the code, push the code up. Like now that we That's can do cool. all that, we can actually get other help involved now. And so that's oh, what that's what neat. Ryan does that um, he's he's first and foremost driving the structure of how we approach our development work. Um, okay. But then he also writes code as well. And as as time progresses, the intention is that more and more of these things that I've been spending the last 20 years writing, like I'm not the owner anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I, I hand off um, to the development team over time. And so then I just kind of I drift off into the sunset. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that sounds really cool though. So, um, what, what do you guys use to, to keep track of everything? Like how does that yeah. even work? We looked at a few, um, and we're using Jira. Um, okay. and it, it's a really cool and for small development teams, it's amazingly affordable. Um, I mean, just that's a 10, $20 a, a month. J yeah. J I R A Jira. Okay. It's by, it's by Atlassian. And um, we you, you, we put up a, a, a portal where anyone in the company, we, heck, we could open up to customers in the future if we wanted to, can submit like requests. And then um, every week uh, on Fridays, we have what we call triage, where we look at all the tickets that come in and we try to say no to as many things as possible <laughs> to protect <laughs> protect our time for sure. um, you know our big like year long planning kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, no, we, so we take in those requests and we, we bucket it all together into like, when are we going to do that? Is that going to fit in with a future project or is that something we need to do right now? Who's yeah. going to do it? Um, and so we do that every Friday and that's all still, that's all still done in Jira. 
and then we run a two-week sprint. And so um, this was all this was all really fun to me as well. Like here, I've been programming for twenty years. And I didn't know what a sprint was. I, I'm embarrassed to say. But now that uh, Ryan's here, he's he's educated me on, on all that. So the sprint basically is we we say, okay, all these tasks that came in. How much time is each one going to take or what is the difficulty level or the complexity level on each of those tickets? And I, you know, I know that, okay, I can do 60 ticket points every, every two weeks. And you just kind of learn what that number is for yourself over time. Sure. And so we say, okay, for the, for the upcoming weeks, this is the amount of stuff that I can fit in and we all take our tickets and then off we go. Um, those tickets, man. Okay, I could ramble forever on this, but That's those okay. tickets are organized <laughs> into into epics, and these epics um, are basically like real top level. If I'm like presenting at the company meeting in January, I'd say this year we're going to do X. You know, we're going to make okay. a benchmarking system. That would be an epic, and so the like benchmarking EP, system E P O C H like like time times. No, epic. no, it's uh, epic E P I C. Oh, oh like, okay. This is an epic Ooh. amount of work. Uh, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Uh, sure so yeah so um you know we we fit those in so we say okay you know to build a benchmarking system we have like three phases of things we have to do each of those phases has maybe 30 different tickets we need to do and those might have either one point up to 10 points or of difficulty so anyway all all this organization because it's actually really challenging because my status quo if you don't like if i'm not intentional my Mm -hmm. status quo is always to do like whatever came up the most recently or whatever I could done, get done really quickly. And sure. so I'm, I'm, I'm personally really good at like knocking out a bunch of little things. In fact, you'll see, I post in our company Slack every, every couple Mondays, like mm-hmm. here's the 30 things I just got done. And I love that. I actually get a, an <laughs> immense amount of satisfaction from that. But if that's all I do, then we never make progress on our like yearly goals. Like what did oh, we actually sure. want to do this year? And so that's, that's what the epics help us plan. Oh, okay. Wow. And the, um, and then so I guess Ryan then is kind of in charge of that bigger, um, I guess, keeping everybody on track for the, the big stuff. Yeah, we've been, um, we haven't been, well, when we first started, that was a weak point for us as a dev team. Like uh, we would only do that once a year. So now we have um, once a month, we do our, our epic review. And we basically, we have a Gantt chart that we plot out for mm-hmm. the entire year of like everything, when it's going to start, how long it's going to take. And uh, we we review that once a month to see if we're still on track. And basically oh, what cool. that has turned into is how late are we on projects and how much do we need to slide things? Cause everything goes longer than you think. Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's, and I, I feel like I have very, very little programming experience from many years ago. And, and yeah, it, that seems to be the case with, I mean, with a lot of projects, really, I mean, construction to programming and stuff, you, you always kind of build in like an extra 20% buffer just yeah. because things happen and like crazy, man. Yeah. Anything, the gremlins uh, always tend to well, <laughs> work their and, way and this, into things. <laughs> and the sprint planning is supposed to address that because you go in and you say like, okay, I can do 60 tickets. I can tell you like, I love to take 60 tickets. Mm-hmm. I'm capable of executing about 40, but it sure hasn't stopped me from trying to take 60 tickets every two weeks. Um, yeah. And that's what it's supposed to tell you is like, okay, now if you're going to be really honest with yourself, you can do 40 tickets every two weeks. And so you're supposed to like hone in over time. I think I'm just a little too uh, much of an optimist to, for that sure. to work really well with me. Well, that's cool. It does sound though that you're pretty uh, uh, self-aware of, of, of what you're capable of and stuff is just maybe, maybe actually meeting up with that. So yeah. That's, yeah. Well, the, the other challenge in, in my position is like, I'm not a, I'm not a full-time dev. Um, right. And so like this week, um, Oh, I just got, thank you. Um, Neo and, and, 
Edewall97 for, for letting me know. Okay, we're having some video stuttering issues, but it's I only when it's I... Just- it's when I move my hands. So I think yeah, I think it's I mean we're we're using Zoom for this, so there's gonna be some and so it's a it's a combination. I think um so my video is good because I'm I'm host and I'm also the one broadcasting the stream. Um so there's gonna be a little glitchiness like that. So sure, it's sure. it's okay though. I feel like we're all getting like accustomed to you know the nice thing about um all this quarantine and lockdown is we're all are the 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 bar for quality has gone down. You know, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're all doing these podcasts over like kind of not great zoom connections, but that's what we have. Yeah, no. It, it, and honestly, I think, I think, yeah, everybody's kind of accepting of it all. It's, it's pretty, which is really sure. nice. Everybody's just being very yeah. um, accepting. So that's, that's cool. Um, but nevertheless, I will attempt to not move my hands as much. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all right. So actually, you, you kind of touched on something um, that I, I wanted to ask about. It's like, I, and somebody also had kind of asked in in the chat is, um, you know, the, the, if to pull it straight from the chat is, you do five people's jobs for programming. How do you manage that and the sort of administrative tasks, the the actual running of the company? Yeah, yeah. Well. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of work. I, I'd say like the, the first thing to, that slips for me is the programming uh, because that's usually when I'm prioritizing my time. I'm always asking what is what what things are are, are the bottlenecking on me. Like I'm in the way from somebody else uh, progressing. I'm the obstacle, and mm-hmm. that's how I prioritize my time. And so a lot of times, like these little programming tickets, that's what can slip, and so that's what does. So. Mm-hmm. Programming is intended to be like I slip it between my other my other tasks of the time. Oh, okay. uh, but in general, the way that I approach like the the company management end of things is uh, having a management and team in place that I can delegate as much as possible to and give as much autonomy and authority to. And so there's not a lot of like the day to day that absolutely needs my time and attention. There are still cool. some things, um, but you know when you start looking at all the the five major departments of the company and then all the minor departments after that, like if I were in the weeds on all of that, like absolutely not, I I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. Um, So yeah. So you have a great management and team in place so you can, you can spend that time. And then from just like a personal um, standpoint, uh, what I've been doing recently, um, because the challenge is always that there's so many different draws on attention. And so you have to be really deliberate on, protecting your time or like blocking out time. So I've been, I've been doing a better job over the last few years for myself, blocking out like planning time on Mondays mm-hmm. and um, time immediately after meetings where I can document and any little things I need to do real quick that came up in the meeting, I can just do right then and there. So it's not on my to-do list anymore. Uh, so cool. like being very intentional at the time. And I started, I'm very proud of myself for this. So I want to talk about it. Um, I've been for my entire life, I've been wanted to be a morning person and I have cool. never been a morning person. Sure. And I uh, finally was able to achieve that about a year ago. And it's been like life changing to me. Um, so now I'm getting up at like five in the morning each morning and wow. between like five and like nine or so when like the company starts coming to life and, and activity starts happening, I get more done in that four hour block than, I mean, I, I, probably like an entire week of work that I would do like during the day overall. Oh, thank yeah. you on the, Oh, oh it's, it's probably, I can, I can lower you a little bit on my side. If the audio bit, cool. Um, 
yeah that'll probably thank help you thank you for that real-time feedback though that's exactly what we need yeah yeah i appreciate that a lot and and things will get better as time goes on so um thank you again um that's i that's something that i struggle with as well um having taken on a lot of newer duties over the last since the beginning of this year really um i've never really been very good at uh organization of time i usually am just kind of told what to do sure and so yeah now yeah. now having to kind of plan and think ahead it's 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 i, I love hearing how other people handle those because yeah attention is so important um and and being almost selfish with your time like it's super hard sometimes to say no yeah. um and yeah. Yeah, it's and and I hear I hear that a lot too. Is uh, or those early morning hours, um, just distraction free. Your phone, nobody's yeah. calling you. No emails are coming in. You can just sit down and focus. Um, do you? And I feel like like you, I oh feel no, like, like late late night could work as well. But I don't know something with me like it's more intentional in the morning. Like I wake up and I say this is what I'm doing. It's a lot easier for me to start my day that way than to end mm. my day. I'm always like. I don't know, just tired and, and kind of ramping down and it's easy to get sure. distracted. And yeah, I feel like, you know, for that intentional time, there's two pieces that are really important. There's planning. And mm -hmm. so the thing that's worked well for me is the first four hours every Monday, it's like, that's all I'm supposed to be doing right now is, is planning out my week. And I'm going over meeting notes and I'm preparing for meetings and uh, setting like my goals for myself for that week. Uh, but then the second piece that's, um, that's really difficult and and um you know that's a struggle for probably a lot of us is like once you have that time blocked off to be self-disciplined to no no that's that's what i'm going to do i don't care yeah. if you know five minutes ahead of that i you know somebody came to me with something that's on fire uh, that i need to deal with like i can deal with that after my blocked off time it doesn't right. have to be right now because um, if i don't do that i just get pulled into the weeds every time that's got to be hard especially when it's an emergency for someone else um, and, and I, I, being at the, at the top of the pyramid, like, I feel like there must be a lot of pressure to, to, to help to like, if somebody, especially if it's someone directly under you, one of the managers or something saying, Hey, I, I need this fixed. Um, like, how do you, how do you determine what is an emergency for <laughs> you? Yeah. I suppose, uh, you that... know, I guess, you know, the, the real honest <laughs> answer on that is I think every, you, you build a trust with, with somebody um, like the management team has been great. Um, like we have a relationship built where um, if, if one of them says, I need you right now, I know they need me right now. Oh, that's, um, good. that's not necessarily true of like everyone in the company. There's definitely, you know, not everyone has that skill, like where, you know, everything I need right now. Um, right. And so, yeah, you just kind of build that trust that it has been challenging, like, 10 years ago when everything was email, it was a lot easier to structure your response time. Oh, but now sure. so much has moved to instant messaging and that's more of a kind of a, a instant gratification type of platform. And so we have to do a lot of uh, training and reminders internally about, mm -hmm. you know, what form to use for what is it conversational and immediate. Okay. That's instant messaging. Is it project based and not time sensitive? Okay. That, that'd be better for email. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a I, challenge. And, and I have huh. to remind myself as well, like, because my default mode, you know, I, I talked about, like, I like to do all the little things real quick. I love to get in and just help people get things done. Right. And what I have learned over 20, it took me 20 years. Uh, <laughs> what I've learned is um, that actually can end up being really selfish um, because hmm. I'll come in and I'm 
almost like robbing people of the experience and gaining that skill themselves. If I'm sure. always like, if I'm always like the quick, the quick route. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, providing people not, not really with the answer or not doing it for them, but teaching them how to do it, even if it takes more time and like it takes significantly more time is still the better route. Um, I'm pretty terrible at that, but that's what I'm working on personally. And, uh, uh, and that's one way that I can like justify in my mind, like, okay, I don't need to put out that fire right now because they'll get it. They'll figure it out. Yeah. Just give, give them a few minutes to think about it. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that kind of a philosophy too. Is, um, I, I, I hesitate often to just give an answer. I don't want to always just solve it. Um, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather show, show you how, so that um, I guess that comes from like my tech support background is like, mm. I should never have to answer the same question more than once. And so I need to teach you how to solve this problem on your own. Um, and, yeah. and plus, and I think, I think from, from either side, whether I'm having the problem or the other person, there's a bit more of a satisfaction there too of, of like, ah, oh, yeah. I did that. I fixed it. Oh yeah. Ah, oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and uh, like, and, and if you, and if without that, like nobody's going to progress either. And so, you know, I, I, I've come to realize that like I'm actually standing in people's way when I'm doing things for them. Yeah. Um, and sometimes like I actually have a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun working on our servers and like fixing our cloud stuff and, and all of that. Uh, but cool. every time I do that, somebody else isn't gaining that experience. Right. Sure. Uh, to, to swing back to something very earlier, um, you you talked about how we have the Jira set up and, and there's mm -hmm. actually um, a sort of, oh, I'm getting notifications. <laughs> Bling! Um, what was I saying? Oh, there's the opportunity and, and a structure set in place for um, internally. We have... Um, I believe Lauren helps you guys helps you guys out mm -hmm. a lot with the with the programming. Um, I, I, it comes kind of back to a managerial question: is like, what do you? How do you make the choice of like who gets to do what? Oh and, sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of times it's um, at least right now it's fairly easy to make those decisions because it's like who's mm -hmm. capable. Because okay. um, right now, I mean, again, like coming off twenty years of code, the default is like you know almost all the tickets end up trying to come onto my plate. And so then the question becomes, okay, what can we get off onto someone else's plate? Um, and so that might be based on like ex past experience that they have, or it might be based on like skills they have. And so like, especially if somebody is learning to code, like we, we kind of give them more like bite-sized things and kind of mm -hmm. build that experience over time. Um, we definitely like, you know, Ryan's a very experienced programmer that he could figure anything out. It could take him hours to figure out something that, you know, I just kind of know because I built it. Sure. Um, it doesn't help that, like, I built 20 years of code with, like, no documentation or code commenting. Ooh, so I was going to ask been, about that. <laughs> that's been my other task, like, as I've gone in. And, I, you know, I'm not going to go through 20 years of code and, like, I'm going to document it all. Um, but as I work on projects, I add documentation as I touch things. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's been part of our – so, again, as a team, we had to we had to – come up with a standard of like what documentation looks like. Oh, cool. That's, that's interesting. That's something I wouldn't have ever considered. Um, I know that there are certain conventions when it comes to like commenting code and things like that. Um, huh? Yeah. That's interesting. Well, you just have to decide. I mean, there's a convention uh, doc blocks that are, that are standard across a lot of different like IDEs or, or languages, but we have to decide like internally, what do we care about? Uh, what, what type of information do we want to have? Oh, okay. 
And has it had that had I suppose had that been a uh, a bit of a struggle or or is that still a bit of a a pain point? Do you guys come across bits of code that are like, what is even going on here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, has there been a lot of rewriting? Like, is there is there is that oh, part yeah. of the process too? Is like, well, well we can, I mean, we can do this better than than it had yeah. been before. I mean, so um, I'll tell a little story because um, I mean, part of the um, one of the impacts of being somebody like I've been programming for 20 years and I learned as I went meant that the further back in time you go looking at my code, the more absolutely terrible it is. Yeah. Um, so we, we have internally, we talk about uh, anything with a blue background in our admin right. interfaces uh, yep. because going way back, um, the very first code that I did, um, I'd have like a, a setup like this, multiple monitors. Um, here, moving my hands again. Multiple <laughs> monitors. And it was running, must have been Windows 98 at the time. And uh, Windows 98 had a feature called um, web, web backgrounds. Or like your oh. your desktop could be a web page. Yeah, yeah. And the default win, uh, color scheme for Windows ninety eight was this like certain shade of blue, and so I would make our administrative interfaces be that exact same blue so that I could it blurred into the the desktop perfectly. Oh, um, neat. And so that's why our very 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 early interfaces are are blue. But basically, the, I mean, the joke is anytime you get into a blue interface, like the code is just ridiculously <laughs> bad. Um, and I actually get immense satisfaction with like going into those interfaces and overhauling them to like modern code, modern wow. SQL queries. And, um, I almost without fail can make things like a thousand fold faster, 10,000 fold faster, uh, just because Ooh, they were gonna... just built so terrible. Uh, that's gotta feel then. good. Yeah, so... no, it's, it's fun. Like uh, optimization, like uh, this really the entire, this entire company, uh, Puget Systems, um, I've come to learn is almost like one big grand grand effort in optimization. Oh sure, because uh, because here we are, um, you know, building hardware for creators and engineers and scientists. Where the whole thing is like, how can we take your work and make it faster? How can we make it more efficient? Um, and so it's about optimization. And so I just get a lot of satisfaction out of that as well. Anytime I build a, a page, like if it takes longer than um, um, five milliseconds to run, like no. No, keep keep optimizing. Wow, that's that's a that sounds like a pretty high bar to reach for. Yeah, five five milliseconds because I know um, Is that right? from from some of the mobile. Some, I might be some, off with my units actually. It's point zero five seconds. Is that five milliseconds? That might be more. Whatever that is, point zero five. I'm not seconds. quite sure myself, but that's fast. I know <laughs> I know down in the corner of some of the reports and stuff. It says like this page was built in seconds. Yeah, and yeah. I'm always surprised if it's like point one, like that's that's a blink of an eye, literally like boop, and it's done. Yeah. So yeah. trying to get that even faster, that's that's pretty yeah. cool. How do you I spend, how does how does that even work then? Like how do you make it faster if if you're up to date on the code part, or I suppose it's mo- tied together. Yeah, I mean most of the time. Because it's not just number of lines, right? You have to take into no. account that, like, it's got to talk to a, the server, whether the one in the back room or the one out in Google, things like that. Well, um, this is where I'm going to hope that there's no real developers on the stream. Hopefully, I'm not putting my foot <laughs> in my mouth. But for, for me, it's, it's all about um, loops. Uh, when you have code that executes inside loops, that's when it can get out of hand really quickly. Sure. Um, okay. And so, like, you know, the worst possible example would be if you're 
like let's say all of the orders that are in process right now, you do a query on that, and then you want to know, well, what's the total of each one? And so if you like loop through it and say order one, what's the total? Order two, what's the total? Like it just takes forever because you're like you're doing all these SQL queries every time, you're running mm -hmm. a bunch of you know code calculations. And so you want to do you want to do everything in one go. So um, so more and more over time I viewed like the complexity of my job is more about writing really good SQL statements because mm -hmm. in the database query I can say, give me all the orders in process right now and calculate the total. And you know, based on the the database backend, that that can actually be like a ridiculously complicated looking query, which is a lot of fun to write. Yeah. Um, and as long as you have your indexes correct um, in the database, like most of the time, at least with the size of data that we have, like you can get that to kick out almost instantaneously. Wow! And then and then from there, it's it's easy. That's cool. The code, yes. People are saying that's code complexity and algorithms. That's neat, man. So this one's a little less programming and a little more sure. just company talk, but, um, and I kind of know the answer to this one, but it's always better to come from, from you. Um, like how, how I'm going to rephrase this a bit, but, um, because okay. they, they're asking how many employees start in one position and move to another, but mm. I'd, I'd rather tweak that just a little bit and, and talk about how easy that is. Cause again, I know considering where I've come from and where I am now, but from, from, from the higher level perspective, um, a little insight into that, into how easy it is for one to move from one thing to another. Well, I don't know. It depends on depends on what you mean by easy, I guess. Um, I mean, it happens all the time. Um, and I'd say there's, a, I don't know, maybe half, the, no, maybe not quite half, but there's a good chunk of the company that started somewhere else. Mm -hmm. um, the, the joke used to be on our sales team uh, that we've actually never hired in sales. Um, everyone was always from somewhere else in the company. And sure. we finally, we finally learned how to, uh, how to uh, hire into to sales recently and got, got some great <laughs> people in. Uh, yeah. But no, I mean, I, it happens pretty frequently. And um, a lot of that is um, putting it in the hands of everyone to say, like, where do you want to go? Like, what do you want to do? Are you getting tired of where you are, are now? Where do you want to grow? Where do you want to learn? And you know, we have those kind of talks pretty frequently in the one-on-one -on -one meetings on our like reviews that we do a few times a year. Um, so I mean, you're, you're testament to this. Like you've you've been around. Um, yep. Now, like as for how easy it is, like yeah, there's definitely challenges because a lot of times sure. we'll take it as like, well, we don't know um, if if you know. It's tough for somebody to say in their career, like I know I'm okay where I'm at, but I'm I've always been interested in this thing over here. How can I check that out? And yeah. so you end up with like, you know, a foot on each side of the fence for a while as you're like doing the job, you know, you can do, but you're trying to check out the job and you're giving me given opportunities over there. Mm -hmm. But then it's, it's really hard to like perform in both positions because you're splitting your time and your energy. So, you yeah. know, we, we, we do that quite often here. There, like we give people a taste, but then at some point you got to just take the leap of faith and just go for it. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's 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 really difficult. I mean, you, you, you can speak to this. It's really difficult for the person doing it because it's a right. whole it's like getting totally outside your comfort zone. It's learning a whole new set of skills. Um, but in terms of like if how are there people at Puget Systems that feel stuck where they're at? Well, I would I'd hope not. Or in, and if anybody's watching this and they do like speak up then, because um, <laughs> you shouldn't you shouldn't have to. Um, there should be those opportunities that you can be given. Yeah. Sometimes with a small business, like there's just realities. Like we've, uh, it's been amazing how many people say they want to, they want to do uh, network security and like, okay, mm -hmm. a small business of 46 people, we just don't need five network security 
people on sure, staff. Sure. Um, so, you know, when we don't have a need, we don't have a need. But if there's something internally that we can do, uh, for example, like anytime we open a new position up in the company, first mm-hmm. thing we do before we even list anything publicly is we list the job internally and we let people internally apply for that job. <laughs> yeah, which that's uh, and of which this is the part that I can speak to is um, I I've, I love how flexible and open the suggestions are because um, like I kind of was a squeaky wheel and really created the job that I have now. And so yeah. that's super cool too. Uh, yeah, that's that. And, and I feel like a lot of times when people who have come into the company, they're, they're not really used to having that option. And so it's really cool to, to just put that out there, to let that be open and public that, um, you're not just stuck with what we hired you to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I remember when you first brought up community manager and on it, my first reaction, honestly, was like, we need that. That doesn't seem like a, a full-time thing, but it, it's cool to see, like you, you give people the opportunity and sometimes, it, sometimes honestly, it can take a while to like form out mm-hmm. what is success in that new role. Um, but it's really cool to, to see yeah. that happen over time. I've been having a lot of fun with it. It's, it's cool. Definitely. Um, let's see. Let's see if we got any any questions from chat. Oh, we're, oh, uh, miniature Viking says we're talking about sequel. I love me some sequel. I I admit back yeah. in the day, um, I I feel like if I could rewind the clock, I think database administration would have been the thing for me to like really double down on because um, it came so naturally to me. Data manipulation mm. and um, OLAP cubes and things like that was was just. Uh, I mean, that's probably old 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 school now but um yeah uh, data data was always fun uh let's see any, any spots for assembly eh, eh? no let's see oh there, i guess there was a someone was asking about a comparison of sql to M, uh, ms access can you can you speak to that at all no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I've used access, I think, a few times, but uh, honestly, I don't have a lot of experience with it. I mean, I think a lot of SQL is pretty similar. Um, sure. I mean, we've used um, we're on MySQL and we, we split off into MariaDB a little while um, and then kind of went back to SQL. That basically that's because that's what Google offered us when we moved to the cloud. Uh, yeah. But Microsoft SQL. Um, I'm sure it's all very similar, just like minor differences in syntax. And yeah, it's 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 cool because you you really have to think about data structure and like mm-hmm. what what the best way to structure data is. And sometimes, honestly, it's kind of maddening. Um, like you can do the work to categorize all your data, but then when a query doesn't run with performance that you thought it would run at, uh, troubleshooting performance isn't one of my favorite things in SQL. Oh, okay. For especially that's interesting to hear, especially from kind of coming right on the back of like, oh, optimization, yay. Well, no, I mean, that's the thing. Like, (laughs) I'm so like, I want it to run quickly. And when I've tried, you know, every which way, like approaching a different strategy and a query for how to get it to run quickly, I'm like, no matter what I do, it it takes like two seconds to run. Um, Drives me mad. Yeah. (laughs) And then eventually I I just end up having to find another way to do it. Wow. That's pretty cool. What is your what is your go to? I mean, other than like Google, of course, but like, where do you turn when you do have troubles like that? Oh, for optimization? Yeah, or or just code in general, I suppose. Yeah. No, you know, honestly, I don't have really much better answer than than Google. A lot of times, um, it's not really a matter of. 
you're, you're looking for like inspiration or a new idea that you, you hadn't thought of that you could do. So it isn't mm-hmm. necessarily like I'm going on Google and I'm copying and pasting code. It's more like, oh, right. Yeah. Why didn't I think about, you know, doing it as a sub query or, or something? Um, and so then you just go off and, and write it yourself. I see. That's cool. Let's see. Let's see. What's your, what's your favorite? Um, well, no, I suppose we probably already talked, touched on that a little bit. Your favorite part about programming. Um, no, I think we've, we, you and I've talked about it in the past, but I don't know if we have here. Um, oh, okay. cause you know, you talked about like the running joke here at Puget is like Puget systems just exist. So I have a reason to program. Yeah. Um, and then that's kind of, <laughs> it's all not... just one, one big giant coding project for you. 20 right, years. Right. running. That's, I mean, that's like, there's a, there's a glimpse of truth in there. Um, the most enjoyable thing to me is the fact that in my like programmer position, I can impact the lives of so many people and like make their day-to-day experience better or like take something that was like super frustrating and just like poof the problem's gone like have a fundamentally better way of doing things um and we've seen a little bit of like you know when we use tools that we pay for versus Mm -hmm. ones we write ourselves like it's it's great because like bam like we're, we're up and running um with some new platform and there's a whole like army of developers working on this platform but the downside is like we can't do anything we want anymore and mm. that's why there's there's always like some parts of future systems that i'm going to want to be in-house programmed and that's the erp um at this point sure. like our purchasing inventory quoting tools um because like even today like we we had a meeting today over some pain points we were having with like how we're getting sh- instructions to shipping and oh. we're like let's just change it. We're just going to change how we do that then. And so there's like five different programming tickets that are coming in. We're going to execute those over the next two weeks and like problem solved. And mm. I love that. Um, and it's really cool to have this like platform that we can do anything we want. Yeah, we have to put in the time to do anything we want, uh, but we can do that. And anyway, I get I get a lot of um, satisfaction out of helping people in that way. And yeah. it would be like, you know, I can go home and I can program stuff for myself, but that's no fun. It's just building it for yourself. Like I love right. going and helping other people. Like it's to me, I guess maybe that's what it is. Like it's not actually been about the code. It's about what it's doing for people. Sure. Solving problems. That's, that's been the biggest. I mean, it's the whole mantra of the company, right? Yeah. Right. That's cool. Ah, that's neat to kind of, to kind of see it come to fruition from a different angle like that. Well, I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of like a company. Cause that, that's one thing I really appreciate about Puget is like, we're not, trying to be something like we're just we're just people who are passionate about like the mission that we're on and we're doing it and the reason why you see that that theme like threaded through the company whether it's internal facing or public facing is because it's not a show it really is like that's just who we are yeah Um, and so whether it's approaching like the employee experience or how we program things or the computers that we build like it's all kind of the same mindset I like it. That's so cool. That just gives you the warm fuzzies a little bit, you know. Uh, <laughs> so um, this one's from from chat, uh, Miniature Viking. Uh, what are your thoughts of in-house database management versus cloud-based, such as AWS? And I think I think we actually did move a lot yeah. of our database from an internal to now a cloud-based system, right? Well, and just like as I'm as I'm talking Miniature Viking, uh-huh. maybe clarify like what do you mean by in-house database management? Uh, do you mean like running on-premises the database versus running it on the cloud um i'll I'll answer it as if that's the question Uh, hopefully that is sure um but yeah so we ran on-prem uh everything database web the whole thing uh for the longest time and um there was actually an incident that caused us to go to cloud and it was a denial of service attack on our (gasps) on our on our building lasted about a week um the serbians (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. I guess the whole story about that. He, um, he, the, 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 the perpetrator uh, emailed me and uh, basically said, you know, pay me bitcoins and I'll, I'll stop my attack. And uh, he kind of got to see the stubborn side of me. I said, I'll run this company to the ground before I pay you anything. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. I just so, anyway. remember when this was happening. It was it was pretty hilarious on uh, in, internally. It was it was a lot of fun. I mean, so, the reaction was fun. Having to deal with sure. it was kind of silly. <laughs> no, it was it was a little stressful. But yeah, so that's when we moved to the cloud. And there was a whole other a whole bunch of other reasons. Like it's great that we don't have to administer our, uh, our own server room anymore. I don't have to worry about like what if power goes down here? We don't have to worry about internet connection. Ironically, after like all this moved to the cloud, like now we have a rock solid gigabit fiber line. We have full generator backups. Like we actually are pretty <laughs> well set up to come back to a, to a local hosted not on everything here. Uh, but the beauty of the cloud is like, it's just not my problem. Um, um, the database backups just happen. Uh, if whatever some you know web server node has a problem, then, then they take care of it. And we do everything on, on Google. Uh, so it's Google SQL, it's Google um, just virtual machines running the LAMP stack. Uh, so Linux, Apache, MySQL, uh, PHP. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think there's a there's a time and place for everything. Uh, there's definitely, we, we still run some on-prem stuff uh, because a lot of the tools that we use like on the warehouse floor for like taking photographs or thermal images or scale weights or a lot of things like those have to have to interact with our public server. And so oh. we actually have still like a little miniature web server here locally where basically all it does is take data from inside the building and it's basically an api that then mm. feeds that into into the cloud server oh, cool. so we still do both nice another another question from chat from uh somebody named matthew bach uh no. <laughs> yes it's bat it's bat mock um how do you decide whether you should program something from scratch versus uh using a paid tool or program that's a that's a good question because I know that's yeah that's a really good question we've, we've come up against well I think historically the way that I would answer that question would be um, am I happy with the tools that are out there or like what are the cost of the tools out there or can they actually get the job done um, and that's still sometimes the answer um, if there's something that doesn't exist out there then all right we'll build it ourselves and it's almost it's really disappointing how often that's actually the answer that there's not a good tool out there for some some problem. Um, but uh, what we've decided as a dev team more recently was what is our core product um, mm. is our and and we do that because if it's not our core product, then we are going to even if it's a subpar solution that we have to go out there to buy, that's still what we're going to do because it's protecting our time and energy for for the core product. And again, that core product is the is the ERP. So, for example, um, a CRM for our, our sales team. Mm. Um, uh, content really uh, contact relationship management, right? Um, yeah. So all of the interactions we have with customers, uh, whether it's on the sales side or support side, uh, we could totally build that in house. In fact, I had it probably eighty percent built um, in our support system, um, and so we totally could have spent more time on that. But there's you know three months of work that we're not spending on this other product, and so we can either choose to like inch forward on a bunch of things or like do something really well, and so. Uh, yeah, protect our time. So that's why finally, like in the last year, uh, there was an inside joke where we have something called dynamic checkoff. Yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, the process by which we build our computers is like this like crazy complicated logic engine where it says, if you, if this plus this plus this, then do this. So it's just right. this big if, if then else statement. Oof. And so we can say like, if it's this customer, 
and um, it's this computer and they're shipping it to their Michigan address, then do this action. Um, that's what our whole dynamic checkup is. And it took me a long time to build that, um, years actually. And the only reason why it finally got done was because we protected our time and we said, no, everything else we're going to buy so that we can build that Neat. and things like that. Yeah, I see. Which, by the way, dynamic checkoff, super fresh. It is probably kind of it kind of tying back to that facet of like efficiency and optimization. I think that when that has revolutionized the assembly process, there's so much less you have to actually think about, and way to go to everybody involved in that. Big big high fives for sure. It's been it's been an interesting like maturation process for us as a company as we've had that because like I feel like we're right now only now coming out of like the first era of what dynamic checkoff means because mm-hmm. i don't know if i'm gonna i'm gonna ramble about this i feel like but <laughs> when you first have a tool like that your first instinct which is correct is to like put everything in the tool like we want right. to make building computers like a mcdonald's job like anybody can build a computer because it just do exactly what the checkoff tells you and that's right. right from a documentation standpoint and everything but what it means is that you don't end up being as intentional with um teaching people like the critical like thinking skills or like even no that's not even the right way to say it teaching people why we do things the way we do like if it just says like turn this screw a quarter turn well why are we doing that so we're learning as an organization that as we beef up our documentation and processes that we were missing something and so now we're going back and our second wave is okay make sure everyone understands why we're doing it the way that we do so that we we don't turn into just like a thoughtless process uh Mm -hmm. but it's a thoughtful thoughtful process so we learned that that was like a, a mistake we went down and we're we're correcting that now nice yeah so uh there's another another question from uh from the chat from edawall 97 uh are you using any kind of framework like laravel or mm. design patterns mvc for programming yeah no not really i mean we yeah mvc as a as a concept uh we're using smarty for some of our some of our um projects more recently but we don't have something we're like standardized on like company-wide okay um so just for my own sake what 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 is he referring to with mvc um model view controller uh so as you when you build out your code you say like okay there's three things you want to do you want to like build in your logic uh for you know what what kind of actions is your your code performing um and i guess that's the controller uh, model would be, I guess, more getting like the data. I'm, I'm butchering this, I'm sure. More getting you know, like your data back in, your data structures. And then view is like just output. What do you want this to look like? Where are you going to put the different fields? And so I think oh, like, a, a little like more like how, entry. Like how HTML, CSS, and JavaScript kind of work together? Um, I guess. I mean, yeah, it's almost similar concept. Um, and okay. like when you're hmm. dealing like with PHP specifically, like it's really easy to just like do everything in like one big spaghetti mess of like, I'm going to do a query and then I'm going to output something. And then there's going to be an if, if statement. Um, and so the MVC, uh, design lets you be a little bit more, I guess, like deliberate and organized and say like, okay, all of my logic is going to be here. All of my data, um, conditioning is going to be here. And then all of my output is going to be here. Oh, so if okay. you want to like just change, like, okay, I want to move this field over here. It's a lot more clear where things, where things are going. And frankly, like it's good for even just security. Um, you know, you don't have just like variables flying around all over the place. And <laughs> that's how you get, that's how you get things like SQL injection. Um, right. 
like the the, the there's that XKCD comic about Johnny Tables who deletes yeah, the little Johnny school tables. record. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that one. Um, yeah, that's what you get for not sanitizing your database entries. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Uh, okay, Which you know, so go to those any any of those blue interfaces, and I'm sure there's plenty of vulnerabilities like that. <laughs> you know, honestly, that's that's another thing that like internally. Um, well, I, don't know. I, I get a lot of satisfaction too for just learning by doing it the wrong way. I, that's that's the wrong way of saying it. Continually, continually learning. Like I, I get a lot of satisfaction of going out of code I wrote even a few years ago and realizing like, oh, with what I know now, like, why did I do that? Uh, let's let's overhaul this thing and rebuild it oh that's cute <laughs> there's oh just somebody in chat was saying that john's the head guy in charge in a in a more robust way there's a lot going on in chat it's hard to uh, keep up with it yeah yeah uh let's see I think that hits the questions from chat and uh, well, and we're running in about, we're about five minutes shy of the ending. So is there uh-huh. any, any other insights into, um, into that part of your work that you'd like to, to give? Into the programming specifically. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's, it, it, it's been fun for me in this last year. Too. I, I said this earlier, but I'll just underline it. It's been it's been a big learning experience for me in the last year in going from a being a dev to being on a dev team uh, mm-hmm. for the first time, like in my in my life, uh, programming alongside other people. And I wasn't prepared, I don't think, upfront for how much um, change that would be. Like you know, you think, okay, well, it's just more people. Like, well, it will we'll just get more things out. Uh, but actually the amount of like documentation and structure and intentionality and planning that has to go into that, like at first seemed really, it's like a drag. Uh, like, can't I just, why do I have to document? Can I just get to work? Oh, um, sure. But now that we have that and, you know, I, and I realize, uh, you know, we're only maybe 30% of the way there. Like we're, we're only just our first year in being a dev team. Uh, but now that we have that, it's actually really cool to see, even though it might not be fun or, you know, you want to just get to work. You don't want to like uh, yeah. make your first day be like documentation. But once you put in that time and investment, everything just goes better. Um, you're you're not like thinking about things on the fly while you're writing them. You actually have like a planning process and then you have documentation at the end. So the like, next time you have to go in there, it's... Um, you know, a better experience to do that. So it's, it builds momentum over time. And I wouldn't say that it was very much fun in the beginning, but like, as time goes on, I'm appreciating it more and more. And, and basically, I mean, I feel like I'm like bringing back lessons from programming back into life overall that uh, sometimes it's better to sit and think and plan um, than to just get started. Sure. Before you do that time. Huh? That's, that's interesting. uh, Not to give too much of a, like in the weeds peak, but um, it's interesting to hear that considering the mission for the year. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, yeah. and so well, that's a, that's a good point. So you know, the, the mission just for everyone out there, well, maybe it's our, it was our motto for the year. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's was right. decide and start. Uh, so that's our motto for the year inside Puget system decide and start. And, you know, sometimes the company needs a contextual, like that's not going to be the motto next year probably that's the motto for this year right and part of the reason why uh we had you know a whole big shift in in the management team there's a lot of new like 
marketing department was new, like a lot of new things. And uh, we, as a company, we took uh, disc profiles, so like personality mm -hmm. profiles. And it turns out, probably no surprise, like a, a company full of computer nerds are like all very like analytical, weighing the pros and cons type of personalities. And so as a company, we're very good about talking in circles and like coming up with 16 different ways that we can do something. Uh, so to get us moving, what we needed for this year was the encouragement to like, no, just decide and go. That doesn't mean don't plan, uh, right. but that does mean that like, don't always like you need to go move beyond the planning phase at some point. And so, you know, maybe when it comes to like your weekly thing, you know, it's four hours on Monday. And mm -hmm. once those four hours are up, no, now you're starting. Uh, that, right. Your planning time's over. That's cool. I've decided to plan, and I'm going to start that soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. Um, well, I suppose we'll we'll have to, we'll take this one last question. Um, but I'm not sure. Uh, is is John developing programs or internal apps for workflow? And I'm not quite sure what they're asking. Uh, we're, I, uh, most of the development that I work is for our internal workflow. Uh, so when we are building computers, when we're buying components. Um, now, I guess that's probably a good teaser, too, to um, maybe you should have Matt on for, for dev stuff. So Matt's doing a lot of work on our customers' workflow. And that comes out, like, what we're working on right now is benchmarking. Um, mm -hmm. Because, again, okay, you know, this came up earlier. When do you build versus when do you just buy something? Um, what if it doesn't exist? So as we're getting in, we're supporting content creators, engineers, and scientists, what we're finding is that the community out there is dramatically underserved. Uh, there is not a lot of tools out there for benchmarking. And we said, all right, fine, we'll build it. And so that's what Matt's doing. Um, he's building uh, benchmarking for like the Adobe suite uh, for DaVinci mm -hmm. Resolve for these other programs. Um, and we're excited to give that out to the community so that you all don't have to like reinvent the wheel every time and we yeah. can actually what we're trying to do is make an industry standard around benchmarking for content creation it's going to take a while but you know there's a big vacuum there there's not a lot of people doing it so i think we'll be okay yeah that's going to be cool i can i can totally see in a few years where um it'll be household name style like oh oh you don't use puget bench <laughs> i don't your numbers don't matter well in a, in a similar hope. way that's the hope yeah, because I, I could. I mean, there's there's those those go to programs for like gaming benchmarks, but even then, they're somewhat synthetic. They don't necessarily read um, your actual experience, um, and so yeah, that that's kind of exciting to hear that. Maybe everybody one day you'll see that in all the reviews, like the same way you do Geekbench or something else. That'll yeah. be the, that's well, we can plug cool. it, you know, go to a uh, Puget systems.com slash benchmark or is it benchmarks? Yeah. I don't know if it's benchmarks or uh, maybe benchmarks. both. It must be benchmarks, uh, but you can download for, uh, for all those different applications. And uh, once you upload your results, what you're doing, you're doing us a favor uh, because when you run that benchmark um, at the end, you can upload your results back to our server. And, you know, it's not about, like gathering, you know, your personal information, but it is about gathering performance um, of on the hardware that you're running. And we're building up this massive database. And really, we're all helping each other because once this database hits a critical mass, uh, we have thousands of entries in there now, but we want millions of entries in there. Uh, we can start giving you some pretty cool statistics uh, where we can show you like histograms of scores. And you can see for other people that run your identical hardware, you're actually running a little slower than we would expect. And why is that? Oh, maybe you're running the wrong driver version. Like that's the kind of stuff we want to do. And right now we just need data in order to, yeah. to fuel that. So run yeah. the benchmarks, submit it. Yeah. 
do that on all kinds of crazy stuff too. Like yeah, whatever, yeah. Whatever you can get it to work on, it's it's helping everybody in the future. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, right on. Um, we're we're right here at the end. So uh, thanks. We're gonna say we're gonna say goodbye and and thanks. Uh, thank you again, John, for taking time out of the day to to kind of oh, talk sure. about and give us a little peek behind behind one of the many hats that you wear here <laughs> at Puget Systems. Um, and and thank you as well, the audience from wherever it is you might be watching, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Twitch and YouTube. Thank you guys, everybody, for for joining and, and chatting and asking questions. And uh, we do this uh, Wednesdays is Workflow Wednesdays, where we talk about where we talk with industry experts and kind of get an insight into their workflow and what they do and how they do it and why. Uh, and then on Fridays we have an open office hour with uh, members of our labs team, so you guys can pick their brains about uh, what they know the best. So yeah, uh, do we know and, who's going to be on this Friday? Uh, this this Friday is going to be Matt and William. They're going to be talking about the Sweet. new Intel CPUs. Oh, there's a lot to talk about with new Intel CPUs. Yeah, yeah, every time. Yeah. <laughs> so so tune in for that. Uh, it's Wednesdays and Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So uh, go ahead and set uh, set a reminder for yourself. And uh, um, yeah, I think that's it. And that's all. So we'll see you guys on Friday.